Our scripture reading be taken from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, and 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 16. Deuteronomy chapter 5, 6 through 8. When you have it, say amen. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any image, graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 16. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, now we know man, now know we know man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. You may be seated. Saints, often and so many times before I get up here, there's so many things rushing through my head. I don't know if Minister DJ has ever experienced that. It's just like I don't really know what to say, but I got to say it. Amen. Uh, even in the songs, what you speak is saying, speak it yeah. into the atmosphere. Yeah. Ask yourself, what is it, what I, what is it I need? Mm. When you go to a grocery store and go to the deli, I want that. Half an inch cut, two pounds. You speak what you want. You just don't get anything. When I go to the donut shop, that's what I want. I know it by name. And I tell them how many I want. So if it's something that you want from the Lord, you got to and where? So the thoughts must become words. Speak it out. Why should I do that? Because great and mighty is my God. Huh? And Jesus has made it known whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, 
I do it. Huh? But we haven't been asking. We've just been, well, you know. And, 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 and what does song say? Jesus wants to hear some praise. Huh? He don't want to hear no complaints. I want some praise. So saints, that last song, it, it said, how can I describe a God that's indescribable? We're going to try to do that this morning. We're going to try to scratch something. So I'm going to title this this morning, Be Careful of the Images. Be careful of the images. It's like the word was given to me and it took me so long to put a title on it. I changed it about three or four times. But I hope this will be a, a, a blessing to you. Be careful of the images. But, but first, let me say this, how some churches celebrate Palm Sunday. Y'all know this is Palm Sunday, right? It, it come up quick. But first of all, let me say something about Palm Sunday. Even though a man's intentions may, may mean well about this day, it does not always turn out well when he adds things. What starts out as good can become bad when flesh is added. Let me explain what I mean. For Christians, this is a feast that occurs on Sunday before Easter. Palm Sunday marks the first day of a holy week. For those who are devoted followers or for those who do it without deviating. For them it is known as the last week of the Christian solemn. It is a season of Lent that precedes the arrival of Eastertide. Eastertide is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Many churches give out palm branches to their congregation during their Palm Sunday service. Christians take these palms, which are often blessed by clergy, to their homes and hang them alongside Christian art, especially crosses and crucifixion, or they keep them in the Bible. In the next year of Lent, they often place it in a basket in their lobby to collect, collecting these psalms, which are then ritually burned on what they call Shrove Tuesday. This is done to make the ashes which are used on the following day called Ash Wednesday, which is the first day of Lent. This is taking a spiritual event and turning it into a ritual. We also know in celebrating Palm Sunday, it describes in the scriptures, it says Jesus rode on a donkey or in the King James Version, an ass. It is explained the donkey symbolizes an animal of peace. Unlike the horse, which is an animal of war, a king would ride a horse when he wants to bent on war. 
Jesus entered to Jerusalem symbolized was he entered as the prince of peace, yes, yes. not as a war raging king. But anything that has to do with Jesus, man will try to put something in it and change it Amen. or take something from it. For example, with his birth, there is Santa Claus. With his resurrection, there is the Easter Bunny. Just uh, uh, at, at, at Kroger, the, the manager came up and said, don't you want to don't you want to take a picture uh, with, with the Easter Bunny? I said, no. And I, I'm trying to be nice about it. You know, I said, well, you know, Easter Bunny got gifts. And and and. Easter Bunny, you know, they, they won't, won't let them say nothing. So Easter Bunny held up a, a basket is the gifts. I said, is a Coca-Cola in it? <laughs> I said, I ain't taking no picture then. It went on my way. But see, there's so many gimmicks, and, and what's happening is man takes things that are for good and make them for bad. So the true meaning of salvation becomes clouded. We must be careful of the images which are presented. So let's go back to the image that it talks about in Deuteronomy 5, where it said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none of the gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Man has not only made idols and images of his God, but today he has tried to make images of what Jesus looks like. He's trying. Let's take a look at 1 Samuel Chapter 5, two, verse 2 through 4. This is something that happened back in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2 through 4. The Philistines had, had took the Ark of the Covenant and set it beside their godly image. In, in verse 2 it says, When the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, they brought it unto the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the Ark of the Covenant. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. See, the Ark of the Covenant was sacred by God at that time. Look at verse 4. And when they rose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the Ark of the Covenant and the head of, uh, head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off from the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. There wasn't nobody in there. It didn't happen by happy chance. God is not going to share his space with no one or nothing. Keep it in mind now 
We are the temple of God. And he is not going to share his space with no one. Okay, but what about Jesus? Put him in there. Let's go to Romans 1. Starting at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifested or made known in them, for God has showed it unto them. God has made himself known unto us. We know the truth. The truth is making us free. And he has shared his word with his ministers and his ministers have not spoken what he's been saying. It says in verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse huh we are we are without excuse today y'all god's invisible perfections are made known by his visible works all who can all who god has made himself known to we have no reason for disobeying him i'm gonna say that again all who have who god has made himself known to we have no reason for disobeying him Yet many do not worship him and are not thankful for the blessings he gives. I ain't getting on you. Just, just making it clear. I mean, that, that's just how we be sometimes. But God is wonderful. Still he's wonderful, isn't he? So what I'm saying is we are without excuse. 21 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but because became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Man is still making images and idols of things and people. All we've been seeing in the past year, the things that have been out in, in different cities and sitting by city hall and stuff, statues that are being torn down, images that were made and worshiped. And you can tell they was worshiping because they was upset when they got torn down. But man is still building images and we need to be careful what we build, what we worship and what we put up. Verse 22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping thing. Man don't care what he make an image of. He gonna make it. Isaiah said, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? I, I remember the song, there's no one like Jehovah. Ain't no, ain't no one like him. So why are we gonna try to create something that look like him? And we don't know what he look like. 
Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. As much as God loves us, as much as he has tried to show us by sacrificing his only begotten son. If you want to dishonor your body that way, he will let you. 25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. God did not accept it then. He will not accept it now. But here's what God did and will do. Verse 26. For this cause or for this reason, God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the nature, natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust, one toward another, men and men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobated mind to do those things which are not convenient. If you want to become a they, a them, a those, or that, if you want to be a LGBTQ, God will not stop you. Instead of what he created you to be, God will give you up and you will be gone eternally. But we have a chance. We have a chance. Look at, look, go up to verse 16 and 17 of Romans 1. Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let us not be ashamed to share the gospel of Christ. In the gospel is where our salvation is. You cannot pay for freedom or salvation. Salvation is free. All you have to pay is attention. Verse 17 says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We live by what we believe. A justified man, hear me, a justified man is a man who declares and demonstrates to be free of blame and lives a more holy, useful, and excellent life than other men. His life is from God. His life is with God. And he lives the life of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's further listen to what Paul said to those Athens uh, in Acts chapter 17, verse 22. Still want you to be careful of the images. Just, just think about what you, you imagine, what you hold up. But verse 22 says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men! Of Athens, I perceive 
that in all things ye are too superstitious. Wow. In other words, I passed up and down in your city, beholding your altars and images. In God's house, men are becoming idols. Did you know that? In the house of God, men are becoming idols. Pictures are being put up to remember them. People begin to worship and reverence them more than God. In some churches, you can't even go up to the pulpit unless you are a minister or, or somebody. Not in here. Everybody be up here shutting out lights, hugging, getting in the mic, playing on the piano. There's nothing sacred, so sacred that you can't come up here. Huh? You ain't got to be in no robe and cross and talking stuff that you don't know what you're talking about. Lord, still good, y'all. Remember it said, wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet, know, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Let me say this slowly. We are not to know Christ after the flesh. I know that bust some bubbles and people getting upset and got pictures and long hair and blue eyes. We are not to know Christ after the flesh, but we are to know him by the word and spirit. We do not know what he looks like, but we know who he acts like. Huh? Those pictures created of Jesus is not Jesus. If we knew what Jesus looked like, Christians would be trying to dress like him. Don't know what he wore. They try to wear their hair in his hairstyle. Imitate him. Try to get a facelift to look like him. Do you know there's folks out there, there's certain idols that they got uh, and they want to, they go through all kinds of facelift, mm-hmm. trying to make their face look just like this individual. Y'all know that's going too far. Amen. I don't want you to put nothing in my skin, and I don't want you to take nothing out. Amen. I want to look like me. To, 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 my, to my understanding from, from what I've seen, the only person that has a semblance of really looking like me is Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I ain't gonna get no facelift to look like him. <laughs> but these are the things that we would do. But here's the thing: all we have to do is love the Lord thy God yeah. with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. 
and love thy neighbor as thyself. By doing this, you will not only be like him, but you can exercise the power with him. You will have the same character as him. And in the last day, instead of a facelift, he will raise you up and give you a new body. I want a body lift, not a, not a facelift. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This is what it means to be Christ-like. As it was said earlier, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's also look at what was done in the old and how we have brought and practiced it here today. There's so many things that we can look at that, we're, that has been done and we just repeat them over and over again. Look at Leviticus chapter 19. I ain't going to promise you we're almost through, but we'll be through before 3 o'clock. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 19, 27 and 28. 27 says, You shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shall thou mar the corner of thy beard. To mar means to damage or disfigure. Another way of saying this is, don't imitate the heathen fashions. You see, when we look at cultures and things that happen, Chinese cut their hair to this present day to honor certain idols. Hair also was used in art of foretelling future events or revealing occult knowledge for purposes of religious superstitions. Uh, then it was also customary in some cultures for parents to dedicate the hair of their children to some god which when they came to manhood, they cut it off and consecrated it to a deity. Amen. 28 says, you shall not make any cuts in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. What does it sound like? They call them tattoos today. Some fraternities brand or tattoo their skin to signify what they are, and who they will be for life. It is not to let others know. It is also to let others know that they are not ashamed to identify with it. Amen. I know a person that, that was so in love with another person. They had their name tattooed on their arm, and then they broke up. <laughs> and that's a remember for life. Huh? You don't, you, don't, you don't see people tattooing Jesus on their arm. Mm -mm. Even though people have done this, yet many of God's people seem to be ashamed of him in the gospel. People are not ashamed to say where they work. They're not ashamed to say what school they went to or what school they're going to. They're not ashamed to say their name, but hesitate to declare the name of Jesus. 
people brand cattle to prove who owned them. Slaves are branded to prove who owned them. But we have been made free. And he who the Son has made free truly is free indeed. Why brand yourself to prove loyalty to anything or anyone? I'm going to say that again. Why would I brand myself? Why would I mark myself to identify with anyone or anything when all I got to do is live a life of Christ and they'll know and they'll try to kill you? Maybe that's why folks say running for Jesus because Jesus said, peace I live with you. Peace I leave with you, excuse me. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you, let your heart be, let your, not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You see, Jesus didn't come to give you rituals of religion. He came to give you life and that more abundantly. He does not want you to remember his face or draw pictures of his face. He does not want you to mark up your body. Jesus wants us to follow him and what is written. As followers of Christ, we must focus on what Jesus has said and get our eyes off of what man has doing. When you forsake the assembly, hear me, saints, when you forsake the assembly, you begin to doubt the very presence of God. And your belief in God begins to weaken. You begin to worship less and less. At the end, you convince yourself there is no God. Or you just give up on God. Don't give up on him. Because he has not given up on you. Hebrews says, follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Following peace is our duty to man. Following holiness is our duty to God. Without following them both, we will not see the Lord. Now listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. We're almost through. 4 through 6. It says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him into an open shame. Mind you, saints, God is the judge of all matters. But let me say this as food for thought. See, they have crucified the Son of God afresh or once more. Meaning, those who have completely accepted Christ spiritually and have betrayed him as Judas did and crucified him spiritually as the Jews, they have really said, we will not have this man to rule over us. They have crucified him themselves. And as far as putting him to an open shame, they have again publicly exposed him because they are ashamed of him. They reject him as not worthy. These are those who have once received him and now have rejected and turned their back on him. He who rebelled against the Lord will be rejected by the Lord. May I say again, all we have to do is repent. Mm -hmm. 
As long as you have breath, you have God's ear. It is important for us to recognize who and what has become a God in our lives and what we are making a God. It is important that we learn to separate what is a ritual and what is superstition and don't allow it to separate us from fellowship. Let us go back to what Paul says in, in Athens in, in chapter, Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 23. Again, he says, For, I, for as I passed by and de- beheld your devotions, I found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. They were unaware of who and what they were worshiping. Just like in many cases, we are unaware of what is and what is not. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Remember Colossians said, for by him were all things created, being God, that are in heaven, that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 25 says, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gave it to all life and breath and all things. It is God that gave us life. God does not need anyone to feed or nourish him. God is not looking for our hands to worship him. He is looking for us to worship him from our hearts, which leads our hands to raise up and worship him. And has made of one blood all nations of of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Can we understand and receive this? Even though we are of different nationalities, even though we are different in gender, even though we may be a different race or color, we all have the same blood. Some would even argue and try to uh, uh, strain at a gnat that the word, word blood is to denote race, stock, or kindred. So no matter the language or culture, this still completely proves that all are ascendants from the same ancestor, Adam and Eve. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord and happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from even from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of our old poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. Paul explains again, God is our creator and we cannot make an image of him. We cannot make him with our hands by creating an image of gold, silver, or stone. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Though God with patience has long suffered with the word world being in darkness and ignorance, 
by causing the gospel being preached to all nations, he has called and invited them to repent and to forsake their idols and serve the true God. God has overlooked it, not that he allowed or approved it, but he did not destroy them because of ignorance. Now Jesus has come and stamped out this ignorance by the shedding of his blood and sharing the gospel, which has given us the true freedom and salvation. God, who is now our father, has commanded all men everywhere to repent. Let me close with what I received from what a brother said to me. He said, the Lord is not interested in tradition and transition, but in transformation through the renewing of your mind. Transform means to mentally and spiritually change form. It means to change from dark to light, from death to life, from sinner to saint, from flesh to spirit, from wicked to righteousness, from bound to free, from blind to sight. God is not looking for the changes in your body, but the changes in your mind. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.